So we're in week three of our series, Uncomfortable. And, and my prayer is that we're in week three, so hopefully we're starting to accept some of that uncomfortableness that comes with our Christian life. Because Christ, our Christian life shouldn't be just comfortable as sitting back in an easy chair. Because if God has really used us for what he's called us for, we should be a little uncomfortable. We should be a little uncomfortable each and every day as we do what God calls us to do. And, and you really think about this, even if we, you know, we understand there's going to be an uncomfortableness, have you ever noticed that you kind of looked for a church to attend where the people act and look like you? Because we don't want to embrace that uncomfortable. We want to go someplace where people are just like us. We want people to think like us and act like us and do everything that we do. That way we can just feel comfortable. Basically, we want to try and just clone ourselves so we can sit next to ourselves inside a pew and do life with someone who is just like us. You know, and, and it's unfortunate that we do this. And if you really think about it, think about this. How hard is it for you to talk with someone who has a different political viewpoint than you? You don't want to do it, right? If someone has a different political viewpoint than you, the last thing you want to do is talk with them because it's going to be what? It's going to be uncomfortable. So you would rather just hang out with someone who has your same political view or thinks like you. Well, now think of this. What if you have your ideas on, well, this is how a church should be. This is how the business of a church should run. So everyone has their own opinion on how it should work. But yet someone comes in, they don't agree with your opinion. So it'd be a whole lot easier if everyone just agreed with what I had to say or what you had to say. And it would make life so much easier. It makes life easy when we can all agree on something. But unfortunately, we don't. And we can't. Even think about this. If you know someone who doesn't have children or grandchildren, and all of a sudden people start talking about their children, they start talking about their grandchildren, how uncomfortable that person may be in that conversation because they got nothing to relate to. And they may try and avoid that situation because they don't want to feel uncomfortable in that kind of situation. And, you know, and today we see it in church all the time. And unfortunately, every one of us knows someone inside a church that's a little uncomfortable. You see them coming down the aisle and you're kind of like, oh, I hope someone will come and talk to me so I don't have to talk to them. Or how about the hug or the person, COVID's going on there, oh, how are you doing today? And you're like, oh my God, get out of my space. Or the person that knows it all, the person that's going to tell you everything that's wrong in your life. And meanwhile, you look at their Facebook page and you're like, really, you're going to tell me what's going on in my life? But there's people that make us feel uncomfortable. There's people that make you feel uncomfortable in your job. There's people, every place we go, there's people who make us feel uncomfortable. And we've got to understand that the church is going to be the same way. And you really think about it. How many people pick their friends because they act and look like them? I'm going to hang out with these people because, man, they know how to barbecue. Yeah, I'm, boy, I'm going to give me some good barbecue. I'm going to go hang out with these people. Man, I'm, a, I'm a here to tell you, I'm going to hang out with Tracy a little more often because Tracy will take you to some good places to eat some good food. <laughs> but, but we tend to look for people who act like us, and we don't want to be uncomfortable in this life. 
And you really think about it, did God really want church set up this way? Is this really how God wanted church to be, where you just come and hang out with people who look and act like you? Because if you think about it, there's how many churches out there are old churches? The, the congregation's old. It's older people in the congregations, and you can't get young people to come inside. Look around. But then on the other flip side, you got some young churches that old people are like, man, I ain't going there. Man, that music's too loud. That preacher just yells and screams. So we got it at both ends. But do you really think God wants us to be in different churches? Do you really think that God doesn't want young people to come to an old people church or old people to go to a young people church? I really don't think that's the way God set it up. So why does it end up like that? Because we choose to be comfortable. In our lives, we choose to be comfortable. And we, one thing we got to remember is God didn't call us to be comfortable. God called us to serve him. We are called to serve him. And sometimes in serving him, we're going to feel a little uncomfortable. So if you have your Bibles today, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the, uh, back of the pew in front of you. The words will also be up here on the screen. So let's go ahead and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also in Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether free, uh, whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Heavenly Fathers, we take time to dig into your word today, Lord. Lord, I ask that you open up our hearts that we may receive what it is you have for us to receive. Open our ears that we may hear your voice. And Lord, may your words be mine and may you be glorified. Let's make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So you see, we all have these people in church that rub us the wrong way. It happens. We have people in our lives that rub us the wrong way. But the body of Christ is made up of people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, all different living situations. But yet we're brought together to live in a community. We're brought together to live together and to serve God. So this week, we're going to be digging into what it means to be a part of a church, what it really means to be part of the church, and how we should commit to the community of the church that we're a part of. And if one of the first things we actually see is the first point of the weekend is everyone is welcomed and has a part to play in the body of Christ. Everyone is welcome and has a part to play in the body of Christ. And we see that Paul uses the metaphor of the body here. You know, the body has many parts, but it's still just one body. And we are all part of that body. We're part of the body of Christ. And something I think we need to understand is he mentions Jews and Greeks. Now, if you really think about it, Jews and Greeks lived a totally different lifestyle. And it's probably not bad to say that they probably did not get along. They had totally different philosophies on life. They looked at life totally different. But it's interesting that as different as they were, God put them together and said that they would have the same one spirit. 
They would have the same one spirit despite all of their differences. And then you look at the slave and the free. Once again, two totally different lifestyles. Two totally different groups of people. And I'm here to tell you, I'm sure the slaves didn't enjoy being slaves. They didn't enjoy being slaves to the free people. And I guarantee the slaves didn't want to see the free people in their church. And the free people probably didn't want to see their slaves in church with them either. But in God's time, God says, no, they're all going to come together. And what are they going to be? Under one spirit. And they're all going to be one body in the body of Christ. So he takes our differences and he puts them aside. And why do you think God set up the church this way? Think about it. Why God set up the church this way? Because you think about it in this natural world, our differences divide us. Man, have you watched TV lately? You've been on Facebook? The differences in our life divide us in the natural world. You think about it, for us, where we live in America, we're considered Americans. But how many people will change? Well, I'm an Italian American. I'm an Irish American. Everyone will put something else in front of what they are. And instead of being, hey, this is where I'm culturally from. This is this or whatever. How about we just, we're all one common goal. And us as Christians, what are we? We are Christians. I'm not an Irish Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian and I'm a Christ follower. That should be the only thing that ever comes out of my mouth is I am a follower of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what my culture is. It doesn't matter where I've come. It doesn't matter what the way I was raised. And by the way, I was not raised with a silver spoon in my mouth or a gold one. But we let that in the natural world, we will let that divide us. We will let our differences divide us in the natural world. But in the spiritual world, that's when God shows up. And God is going to take the actual differences that we have in each other, and he's going to bring them together, and it's, he's going to tell us it is going to unite us as one. We are going to be one body, one person, all on the same common mission for him. And that it's going to make us stronger. It's going to make us stronger when we're united together. And let me read what it says real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. It says, For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. See, the world says, let's separate us from our differences. Let's separate us because of our differences. We need to be separated. God says, let me put them together and let me show you what I can do. You know, and I've said it before, I actually had a conversation this week. The most segregated time in the United States of America is one hour of church every Sunday which is a crying shame. The one hour of time in church or the couple of hours in church in the United States is the most segregated time in the U.S. Because we make choices to make ourselves comfortable instead of embracing being uncomfortable. You know, and understand, a body's made of many different parts. You know, it's made of toes, arms, legs, it's made of a head, all different parts, but they're all one body. And if one part is missing, guess what? The body is not whole. 
The body is not whole if a part is missing, and no part is more important than the other. It takes all the parts to make the body whole. And so it is with the church. It takes every one of us to make the body whole. No body part is, better, is greater than anybody else. And you think about it, the first week of this series, I read from uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, which actually say this. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You see, the biblical image of the people of God are that we're stones. We are stones being built together to become a dwelling place. To become a dwelling place. And a dwelling place that requires not just one big stone. It requires multiple individual stones to be placed together and be fortified together for God. You know, and it's not that these stones are, are you know, individual or, you, you know, they're more unique. You know, a lot of times we think of stones and we think of bricks. Or we think of concrete blocks and they're all the same. They pretty much all have the same form to them. What he's talking about here is we're all individual stones. We're an individual stone. It's not just only together do we achieve what we're trying to achieve, but we complement each other in the building of the house. You think about it, Jesus builds with stones. He doesn't build with manufactured bricks and he doesn't build with manufactured concrete blocks. And when you think about it, you just can't pick up a stone when you're building something and just put it wherever it goes. It's got to be carved or honed to fit perfectly into the spot it's got to be at. You ask anyone who's a stonemason, they'll tell you there is an art form to making it look beautiful when it's said and done. Because they can't just take stones and put them together. We can just take bricks and you can just lay them. You can take concrete and just lay it. But stones are totally different, and we are the living stones. We are the living stones in the house of God, and God has taken each one of us. He has honed us. He has shaped us into where we should be in his house. And sometimes we forget about that. We forget we're all individual stones. Or we think our own individuality is greater than the other stones. The house can't be built by just one. The house is built by many. And the Apostle Paul really puts that into perspective in today's scripture. We're all one body. God arranges the parts of the body to fit perfectly together. And that's what we're called to do is to fit. We're called to fit perfectly together, not as bricks in the same church as somebody else, not just having a bunch of bricks but having individual living stones inside our church that we can then flourish together and be honed to what God calls us to do. God arranges the church so much differently than we would. He wants to put people in their uniquely fit places inside the church so that we can worship him, so that we can do what he's called us to do. Not what Pastor Ken wants, not what you want, what he wants. And that's why he calls us together. And that's why we are unique. And guess what? That's why it gets uncomfortable. It gets uncomfortable because I may want one thing, you may want something, you may want something else. 
But when we all sit on the same mission and we're all looking to glorify God and reach the lost for what for him, and we're all focused on that, guess what? If we're focused on that, none of the else, nothing else matters. We stay focused on what God has called us to do. And see, the problem choosing a church based on anything other than our own comfort should make us actually feel uncomfortable. We should feel uncomfortable when coming to church. You think about this, if all of your family and your friends go to another church across town, but the Lord tells you to keep coming here, it's got to make you feel a little uncomfortable. But at the same time, you know that he's still using you. He's still using you where you're at. And instead of going to where it would be comfortable with the family, you're going to stay where it's uncomfortable and do what God's called you to do. And it's amazing how that works out in life. And then there's other people who just, well, that's where my family goes. I'm going to go over there because I can be comfortable. Or you know what? I get a little uncomfortable here because I don't get what I want. I'm just going to leave this church and go find my comfortable church. I want to go find a church that people act and look just like me. Is it really going to do you any good to go to that other church? Probably not. Because guess what? You're going to try and get comfortable there and then something's going to happen. You're going to be uncomfortable. It happens every place we go. Anywhere you go, you're going to find some uncomfort if you're truly doing what God tells you to do. And I love when I see people shaking their head. Come on now, pastor, preach it. <laughs> you know, and I think that a lot of times the question that we should really ask ourselves is not, is not, does this community hit all my check boxes, my preferences, and my desires? That is not a question anyone should ask when they're looking for a church. I think the question we should ask is, is this a place I can faithfully serve the community and be a committed part of the body? Can I really serve this community and be a committed part of this body? Because if you're looking out for yourself, this ain't the place to be. We're here to affect change in the city and affect change every place we go. It's not about our own preferences. Which really takes us to the second point. Being part of the church is really, really hard. Now, some people may say, well, no, it ain't really, really hard. Well, you ain't really, really trying. Because <laughs> if you're really, really trying to do what God's called you to do, it gets really, really hard. You know, and Paul emphasizes this, that we're all baptized into one body. Whether they were Jew or Greek or slave or free, they were all baptized into one body. We are all baptized into one body. We were baptized into one body through Jesus Christ. We are nothing but a bunch of sinners who come together by the grace of God. And sometimes I think we forget that. We forget that that's why we're here. And you really think about this as we're baptized to one body. I think another way to say what Paul's saying here is, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Regardless of our background, nationality, social status, political belief, or any other arbitrary dividing lines that don't make, that don't matter in the kingdom of God. Let me say that again. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, regardless of background, nationality, social status, political belief, or any other arbitrary dividing lines that doesn't matter in the kingdom of God. That's a wake-up call. Because all of that doesn't matter. What matters is that we have been called into one body to serve our king. That's what we're called to. And we get so caught up on, I want to be comfortable. I want what I want. 
I want people who look and act just like me. Trust me, I don't want people that look and act just like me because I know me. And I'd probably be really uncomfortable with a bunch of people that looked and act like me. Besides the fact we'd probably be fighting all the time because each one of us will want our own way. <laughs> you know, and that's the reality. That's the reality of living in community, community with people that are different than you. It makes it really, really hard. But life is hard. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be uncomfortable moments, awkward silences, and plenty of frustrations. How many of you got that in your own house growing up? <laughs> so your own family probably makes you uncomfortable or made you uncomfortable at some point in time. I know I was uncomfortable growing up at times. I was the only boy raised with three sisters. I did not enjoy going school shopping. It made me very uncomfortable with two older sisters and one younger sisters. By the time mom got done with them, I got granimals. Tiger, tiger, lion, lion, here's your clothes, go. <laughs> I was very uncomfortable having to go shopping with my three sisters all the time. Had to go to Girl Scout camp. As a young man, that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> but I had to do it. There's uncomfortableness in our life all the time. And the only time you're really going to be comfortable is if you have only people who act and do what you want to do. If people are doing what I want to do and they act like me and do just what I want to do, that's the only way you're going to have some type of comfort. And you're probably still not always going to be comfortable. There's still going to be times. There's still going to be friction. There's still going to be things that happen. And generally speaking, when it comes to daily challenges and discomfort, the Bible doesn't give us much of an option. We're to serve God in everything that we do. If you look in the Bible, you look at the great people in the Bible, man, they suffered for a long time. They were in prison. They were in jail. They, everything you can think of happened to them. There was, it wasn't about a comfort. I accepted Jesus. My life is going to be good. I now get to sit back in an easy chair and everything's going to be comfortable. It ain't going to be like that. But yet we seek that inside a church. We seek that inside a body of Christ. And we shouldn't seek to be comfortable. We should seek to be uncomfortable. And the more comfortable we are, we should start worrying and start looking to see what, why are we comfortable? Are we not doing what God called us to do? You know, it's interesting. Um, McCracken in his book, Uncomfortable, actually says this. The tension of a diverse conglomeration of people coming together in Christ's name will often be combustible, but it's also at the heart of the gospel. And Charles Spurgeon actually put it this way. The church is faulty, but that is no excuse for you not joining it. If you are the Lord's, nor need your own faults keep you back, for the church is not an institution for perfect people, but a sanctuary for sinners saved by grace, who though they are saved, are sinners still, and need all the help they can derive from the sympathy and guidance of their fellow believers the church is the nursery of God's weak children where they are nourished and grow strong. It is the fold for Christ's sheep, the home for Christ's family. So you see, rather than church searching for a house full of people or a church full of people who look and think and act or believe like us, we need to realize that church isn't going to exist. And even if you found it, once you found it, it probably wouldn't be the perfect church anymore because you're in it. And all of us are imperfect. 
All of us are sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So any perfection we look for and any of that comfortable we look for, we should realize it's not going to be there. And we need to embrace that tension of being part of a family, being part of a community that teaches us how to love others and how to love God. Because that's what we're supposed to do. And by loving others, we show that we love God. If you've been on Wednesday night, we've been talking about how do you know you love God? And it comes down to how much do you love others? How much do you love others? How do you follow his commands? Do you do what his word calls you to do? And all of that should make you feel uncomfortable. Because all of us know someone who is unlovable. We've been kind of had a bit in the chat on Wednesday night. It's hard to love everybody. There's some people I look at and I'm like, man, God, God, do I really got to love them? Do I really want to talk about getting uncomfortable? And I can tell you one of the best things that COVID has done in my life is I'm not a hugger. So this whole not having to hug people kind of got me in a comfort zone because I don't have to worry about hugging. <laughs> God help us when COVID's over. I'm going to have to embrace that uncomfortableness of people wanting to hug me. But it happens. It's part of who we are as Christ followers. We got to embrace that uncomfortableness, which takes us to point number three. Although we are different, we are united in the most important way, by the Spirit. We're united by one Spirit. The church is not made up of a motley group of people who just happen to enjoy coming together and meeting together on a Sunday. We're meeting together for a small group on a Wednesday night, which hopefully we can get back to soon. Because right now we've got nothing to offer anyone who comes to the church except Sunday service. So we need to look at what we have to offer people to get them to stay connected with the church. But we need to also understand that, that that unifying factor, the thing that brings us together each week and brings us out of our comfort zone into this uncomfortableness is the Spirit. The prompting of the Holy Spirit is what brings us into church. The prompting of the Holy Spirit is what makes us open up God's Word. The prompting of the Spirit is what makes us want to attend Bible studies and learn more and more about who Jesus is. And we all have that same Spirit. Each one of us is bonded together by that same Spirit. And understand that the reality is that living in a community of people, with, living in a community of people who are different than us is going to bring challenges. It's going to bring uncomfortableness. We need to embrace it. You know, in our culture, in our society, now it is, it's so easy. No one's committed to anything. You belong to a group for a little bit, all of a sudden, hey, you don't like what they're doing. What do you do? You leave the group and you move on to someplace else. It's the same in church. Well, I don't like what this church is doing. I'm going to go to another church. Okay, well, I don't like what they're doing now, so I'm going to go to another church. Because we fail to be committed to anything nowadays. It is so easy. And since COVID hit, it's real easy to not be committed to anything. Sorry, I can't do it. Oh, because of the restrictions, I can't do this. We have lost our commitment to things. And the one thing we need to be committed to is Jesus Christ. We need to be committed to what the Holy Spirit calls us to do each and every day. And that is to embrace our uncomfortableness. Embrace those people who make us feel uncomfortable. We need to step outside of our comfort zone and embrace it. Remember, the church is the bride. We're the bride of Christ, and he is going to represent us without spot, without wrinkle or blemish. That's who we're going to be in the end. We're not there yet, but that's where we're going to be. That's what we're working towards. 
Church is made up of people who all experience something amazing in their life. They've experienced forgiveness and the grace of God. Each one of us have experienced that. And that's what bonds us together. That's what calls us to come together and seek him and do what he calls us to do. And it should cause us to give up our own preferences, our own comforts for our brothers and sisters as we're seeking God. Now, it doesn't mean that all churches are going to look alike, that we're all going to act alike, we're all going to worship alike. It's not going to happen because we're all different. But we all have the same spirit. We're all bonded together with the same spirit. You know, it's, it's interesting. One of Shakespeare's uh, monologues, uh, the St. Crispin Day speech of Henry V, King Henry inspires his soldiers as they're getting ready to go into this battle together. And he really inspires them and tells them, through the battle, through all these trials, they're going to be a stronger band of brothers. Well, you know, we've got a stronger bond than that. We've got a stronger bond through Jesus Christ that brings us together as brothers and sisters and gives us victory. Gives us eternal victory in heaven. And we miss it. We forget about it. Because we get so stuck on ourselves. We want to be so comfortable that we forget what he's calling us to do. Remember, the work that Jesus has done for, in all of our lives, we can embrace that uncomfortableness, uncomfortableness that we live in. Chip Gaines actually says this. When you spend hours working hard towards a common goal with someone, your differences and your preferences tend to fall by the wayside. When you spend hours working hard towards a common goal, what's our common goal? What is our mission, the mission of the church? And see the constant bickering through American churches over preferences or style is all because the American church has lost sight of the mission. We have lost sight of the mission that God calls us to do. We have lost sight what it calls us to do in God's word. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's what we're called to do. When is the last time, honestly, that you can think of that you talk to someone about Jesus? That you literally talk to someone about the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Some of us do it every day. Some of you are probably thinking, man, it's been a long time. Because, you know, all I do is I hang around other Christians that look like me and we're just a bunch of bricks that all look alike. And we sit very comfortable together. Jesus ate with sinners. Jesus ate with tax collectors. It's like going outside and eat with a homeless person. But that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. We're not to be of the world, we're to be in the world. We're to be in the world affecting change inside the world. And when's the last time he did it? It makes me feel uncomfortable, Pastor. I can't do that. Embrace the uncomfortableness that comes from being a follower of Jesus Christ. Embrace it. I'd actually embrace what McCracken has to say here in his book. He says, but we are aliens together sovereignly placed together as residents in our community for such a time as this. We are stones being chiseled and smoothed and refined together, and it is painful. But the house the Spirit is building through us is a beautiful thing. Jesus didn't come to make you comfortable. 
He didn't come for us to have comfort. Jesus came to set us at a city on a hill as a light shines into the darkness, calling all people into a relationship with him. That's what we're called to do. That should be the common mission that we're all focused on. And if we were all focused on that one mission, on doing what Jesus called us to do, do you think what you want really would matter? Nope. Not at all. Because we'd be focused on what God has called us to do. We'd be focused on reaching out to people and getting people like AJ involved in church. Getting AJ to get his brothers and his sisters and his friends and other college students involved in church. That's what we'd be doing. We'd be looking at, hey, what other young people can we get inside this church? Hey, what old people can we get inside this church? Can we just get some more uncomfortable people to come in here? Can we embrace our uncomfortableness and go outside and do what we're called to do? Or do we just want to sit in easy chairs, sit back and get fat? I do that by myself. I don't need no help. Amen. There you go. But we need to embrace that uncomfortableness and realize it's not about us. Jesus embraced his uncomfortableness and went to the cross to die for us. In our uncomfortableness, whether Jew, Greek, slave, or free, we're all what? One spirit. We need to listen to what the Holy Spirit calls us to do. We need to be obedient to his call and move. Because it's not about any of us. It's about him. It's about doing what he has called us to do. Embrace that uncomfortableness every day in life. And when COVID's over, please don't come and hug me. <laughs> yeah, please don't be hugging on me. But we got to embrace that uncomfortableness as we go through life each and every day. And, you know, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, you know, Pastor, I feel a little uncomfortable. I feel a little uncomfortable because I don't know Jesus. Well, we can knock that out today. You know, and, and a lot of us, as you embrace that uncomfortableness, you're like, man, I'm not right. I am messed up. I am jacked up. I've got all this going on in my life. Well, Jesus says, come on. He'll accept you how you are. He'll accept you right where you're at. And then he will radically change your life. God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. That's uncomfortable. That is uncomfortable to be able to come up and say, you know what, I need to accept Christ. Well, get uncomfortable and come on up. During his final song, you can come on up and we'll pray about it, we'll talk about it, and you can be uncomfortable right along with me as we walk the path that Christ calls us to walk. Or maybe you've been too much in your comfort zone for too long and you've been a Christ follower and you've just gotten laid back in your Christian easy chair. Maybe you just need to say, Pastor, I need to get uncomfortable. I need to get uncomfortable again for what God is calling me to do. I need to embrace this and, and realize that I need to change because it's not about me. It's about the church and it's about Jesus Christ and us doing what he called us to do. 
And if that's the case during this final song, you can come up here. I'll be able to decide. You can pray with me about it. We can just leave it right here at the altar. And God, make me uncomfortable. Because he will. Lord knows he will. He'll make you uncomfortable, which will actually strengthen you in your walk with him. Because when we're uncomfortable, we're doing what he calls us to do, not what we want to do. Embrace the uncomfortableness. Embrace it in your lives. And maybe you just need some prayer, something going on in your life. Hey, I'll be up here. I'll pray with you. Or you can leave it at the altar, whatever it may be. And with that being said, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I raise up this congregation to you, Lord. Lord, that we would embrace being uncomfortable for you. Lord, that we would realize that that we're not a bunch of prefab bricks. We're not prefab concrete blocks, but that we are living stones. And Lord, that you have made each one of us intricately to fit into your house. And that we fit perfectly where you place us. But it takes all of us to build that house for you. And that no one stone is greater than the other. And that all we should do is seek you in all that we do. And Lord, if there's someone here today who doesn't know you, Lord, I'd ask that you make them uncomfortable and have them come forward and accept you as as their Savior today. Well, maybe someone's a little too comfortable, Lord, that you would have the Holy Spirit prompt them to come up and embrace who you want them to be, not who they think they should be. And Lord, I just ask that you continue to be with us and that we continue to glorify you in everything we do. Let's make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.